listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 What a, what a great event that was. Uh, just uh, excitement, uh, entertainment, so much to discuss. Um, uh, but again, enough about WrestleMania. Let's talk about the boring <laughs> masters, uh, Steve DeSager. Uh, my God. Or, or Steve, I just called you Steve DeSager, by the way. Steve Fezzik. Listen, there's I'll, ta- I'll take it. Special yeah, delivery. Look, they- there's worse things to be called than Steve DeSager here on Fox Sports Radio. Trust me. Uh, Steve Fezzik, I was uh, – the Masters didn't do it for me this year. Uh, maybe it's because I didn't gamble on it, but it just didn't feel like it had the buzz. It didn't feel like it had the spice. Uh, and I was not as excited going into the final round as maybe I should be. There just wasn't the drama that I needed to really wrap my arms around the Masters like I like to do because I love the big events in sports. I'm a big fan of the Daytona 500. I'm a big fan of the World Cup. Up. The big events, the pageantry, all of that, it felt like it was lacking this year at the Masters. Interesting. So let me ask you, was it because there really wasn't much drama on Sunday afternoon for the most part, or was it just throughout the Masters, you just weren't feeling it? I, I just wasn't feeling it. I, I needed there, there needed to be a little bit more bite to it. I don't know. Like I just, I needed a little bit more edge. Um, I, I needed, I needed some scandal. All right, you know, I, I needed to find out somebody was hungover. I needed to, I just needed something more than what we got at the end of the whole thing. I mean, Hideki Matsuyama was fantastic. He played really well. But I think also part of this is uh, it, my own fault, based on the fact that we know this about anything. You can take any drink in the world, any bland drink you want in the world, and you put a little bit of booze in it, and all of a sudden, it's a completely different ball game all right like we went from uh, diet cokes and you add a little bit of Bacardi to it and all of a sudden a Bacardi diet becomes a game changer I needed money on the line in this event I needed to be gambling on this event to really bring my and so it's my own fault I'm sitting here and I'm bitching and moaning about it it's my own fault I did not take advantage of the marketplace I did not take advantage of it and gamble on the tournament thus my mistake although you my friend as you usually do spotted a couple of winners and you you took advantage of the market. Yeah, and first off, let me emphasize it straight out of Vegas. We always talk about how it's not easy winning when you're gambling. And I think really the Masters, the outright winner, illustrated that. I listened to a whole lot of different experts, got their opinions across the board, and I don't know if one of them landed on Matsuyama to win. So think about that. 18 different people and experts picking winners. If you bet on all those, you went 0-18, according to my accounting. And it just goes to show how difficult it can be when you're looking at these needle in the haystack bets. And that's why the pros much more prefer the head-to-head type matchups, the yes-no type of matchups, in order to make a profit when betting on things, whether it be NASCAR or a golf major, etc. Where was Matsuyama before the when the tournament went off, where was he at? If you wanted to place a bet on Matsuyama and say you did, and I know the people you talked to did not do it, but there had to have been somebody somewhere who bet on Matsuyama. What what did the final line close at heading into the Masters? We got this to, to the decimal point, fifty three to one, Jesus. and there was no movement pre flop on him, no support for him. So basically, uh, for those of you out there that are driving bad, ma- bad at math or you have the day off and you're already half in the bag because uh, happy hour starts soon, um, just, just so we can clear this up, if you put $10 on a Deki Matsuyama, you won 530 bucks based on his victory at the Masters. But I'm still 50, trying to find someone who actually did that, Jonas. I, I mean that that's that's incredible. And, and he, is he, he's not the biggest long shot to ever win the Masters, right? 
I mean, there, there's been bigger upsets, if I'm not mistaken, but that seems like pretty big odds considering we were talking about Justin Smith, Justin Spieth, who was near the top based on how he had played recently, and some of the other guys. Is is that the biggest long shot to win the Masters? I, I don't I don't think it is, but that seems like a pretty significant long shot. We got McKenzie researching that as we speak. I don't know if it was Danny Willett or who actually was the biggest underdog, but God, we'll get back to you later in the show. I forgot about him. I forgot, yeah, on who I it actually about, was. Yeah, I, I forgot about it. So that tells me the fact that you had him and, and could go to the Danny Willett card that quick into the show tells me that you must have gotten burned at that year's Masters. <laughs> like, he must have screwed you, didn't he? Is that what happened? Like, let's be no, honest. No, but I have to tell you, I am <laughs> – known to sometimes bet what's called bridge jumpers, where I don't bet on a guy at a long shot odds to win, but I'll literally risk like $100 to win a dollar that somebody won't win. And obviously that can get rather expensive. Yeah, and and I I still can't get over the fact that you refer to them as bridge jumper bets. Like that is, uh, that that just adds to the whole whole intrigue when it comes to to Steve Fezzik. All right, so Matsuyama wins 53 to 1, he closed at. Uh, So a big time win for him, uh, big time win for Japan. Uh, you know, first Japanese golfer to win at Augusta, uh, and he takes home the green jacket. Now, there was actually a nether bet that you had identified. Um, it was the sharpest bet in the tournament, but this is a little bit intricate. So explain to people who maybe in the future might be looking around going, how can we turn this thing into a little bit more of an exciting event? What was the sharp bet of the tournament that hit, according to Steve Fezzik? There was a prop bet. What will the winning score be? An over-under. And it opened up 13.5 under par. And then what happened on Wednesday? One of the largest line moves I have ever seen on a prop like this. It dropped to 12.5. It dropped to 11.5. And ultimately, it dropped to 10.5 under par. A three-shot move on this prop. What will the winning score be? Matsuyama winds up winning at 10 under. So if you bet under 13.5, you win at all these numbers. And really what happened, the Wednesday practice rounds, reports came in, various golfers saying, this is as difficult as I've seen this layout. The Masters was not happy about DJ putting a minus 20 on them, an all-time record. And they made the green so much firmer, so much faster that uh, it was going to be virtually impossible to shoot a really superb round. And so all that sharp money on the best round for the winner to be under 13 and a half all cashes. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, Fez, we have got ourselves a domination situation in the world of sports, and it involves none other than the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, Now, let's just go ahead and get this out of the way uh, because we have got to celebrate yet insult Steve Fezzik because when the discussion about the L.A. Dodgers and where their odds are at uh, to win the World Series came up, it got me to thinking about our most recent example of a really dominant favorite in the world of sports, which was Gonzaga. And if you listen to Straight Out of Vegas, the person who told you first to fade Gonzaga to win the national title was Steve Fezzik. Unfortunately, though, Fez... It didn't actually work out well for you because the team they lost to, I think you were also fading, if I'm not mistaken. I made a prop bet. This could be the worst bet I ever made. I took the field in the NCAA tournament against Gonzaga and Baylor. So I had 66 teams. 
the two teams I didn't have that I was against played in the finals. It don't get much worse than that, Jonas. Oh, that is uh, that's unfl- it's like playing roulette and you bet uh, black and red and it hits green. Like there's, <laughs> like there's nothing nothing worse. And in fact, in fact, you bet black, red, and single zero and it hits double zero green. <laughs> like there like there's nothing worse than how that. So when you when you're watching the national championship game, because this is how I work. If I knew I was going to lose no matter what because I faded both teams and they were the teams that were in the final, I would just bet the under the entire game because it would be like an insult to them. Like, you, oh, yeah, you guys think you're going to screw me out of money? I'm going to bet against you to score points to try and win. I probably would have lost. I don't know where it actually ended up. But I would have bet the under in that game because I would have been so pissed off about it. The irony is, is like harken back to the Denver Broncos Super Bowl you lost 17 bets with. Jonas Knox... <laughs> you would have won 17 bets because it was happy action fun time for about 30 minutes in that game. The live number, the total pre-flop was 160, went all the way to 175, and then there's only, I believe, 20 points scored in the final nine minutes. Lands 156, and every under bet you would have made, they all would have cashed. Oh, that helps me. Thank you. That that really helps me out now. You know, a, a, a week late and several dollars short, that does nothing. Now, all that means is that the next time I go to bet, I'm going to lose. Like, that's all it means. The fact that I missed out on this one, like, that's how this works when you're a loser gambler like me, Fez. That's how this stuff works. Very curious how Gonzaga, the favorite, you don't see that very often, four-point favorite, and they gave up. They basically gave up, down 15, didn't even try to foul, didn't try to press, knew they were beaten. So you mentioned, so, and the reason we bring this up is because you were skeptical against Gonzaga just based on the betting markets going into it. Well, it seems like the betting markets love the Dodgers at this point in the season. So are you, do you have the same skepticism or how do you monitor this team to try and potentially take advantage of where they're at based on the early betting landscape when it comes to the Dodgers and how they're viewed against every team in the league? There is nothing I've seen to make me think other than the Dodgers should indeed be the clear-cut favorite. This has been a year of parody in baseball. Every team has won three games or lost three games, except for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are 8-2. and two. Uh, They played so much better ball than every other team. And going in, they were forecasted to be the number one team, 103 and a half wins. We've seen the Dodgers, the favorite before we saw any games, Plus 350. Now they're down to plus 325. I got to be honest, I think that's the best price you're going to see the rest of the year. Remember, only 10 teams make the playoffs this year in MLB. Last year, funky year was 16. So the Dodgers likely aren't going to be a wild card team. They're likely going to win the division and get to play against a wild card team. Easier path. That plus 325 is probably as good as it will get. Numbers probably only going to continue to drop. And frankly, you're going to bet the Dodgers. You're going to be paying a premium. Look at the game tomorrow. Hosting Colorado. It's only April. The Dodgers are minus 350. Risk $350 to win a mere 100. So what's the most recent example um because obviously we talked about Gonzaga, but maybe in you know the NFL or the NBA, the most recent example of a team being this much of a favorite to win it all this early in the season. Oh, gosh. The Golden State Warriors during their dynasty run was wow. you had to risk $2 to make a dollar. They're minus 200. And a big part of that is that hockey and baseball have some inherent luck involved. So the better team can easily lose in the series. If you're the clear-cut best team in the NBA with best four out of seven and you have home court or even without it, you can still be a, a clear favorite against the field. 
And so is there an offer out there? Is there any place that's offering a Dodgers or the field bet? Because just to be negative, I would take the field. Just to just to be an a hole, Fez. That's how I roll. What what do you think? Can I get that? Can I get down on some of that action in Las Vegas right now? I am going to research that. I'll have to get back to you. All right. Very yes, good. Yes, I actually can bet no on the Dodgers to win the World Series. That is minus three fifty. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Whoa, a whoa, whoa. We, we, it's minus three fifty. You said McKenzie. Yes, for any other team but the Dodgers to win the World I, Series. You know, I don't like that bet. I would bet yes on the Dodgers. Plus the three twenty five. That's the better side. Okay, I would too. So, do you think? So, if, as that, if, if the odds are only going to get more in the favor of the Dodgers, that no bet is going to come down. Correct. That's right. That's why you don't want to make it now because the Dodgers. It's been smooth sailing so far. I know the Padres are only a game behind them, and the Padres are very well thought of. But with Tatis's injury, I think that opens the door for the Dodgers to cruise to the division title. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Steve Fezzik, uh, it is time to uh, to do what you do as well as anybody on the planet, and that's hand out a winner here on national radio. And for that, we go to our nationally televised game in the NBA. Less than an hour away, they are tipping off in Dallas. It's the 76ers and the Mavs. Yeah, and I'm on the Mavs plus four here hosting Philly. No Porzingis for Dallas. That's why Dallas is catching four points. And as far as the spread on this game, normally I think it would be pretty much spot on correct. But here's where I think the edge is for Dallas. Look at the schedule. Philly's next game is... They're going to be hosting Brooklyn, and that is a crucial game. Looking forward ahead to it because Brooklyn and Philly currently tied for the number one seed in the East, and that number one seed is worth way more, Jonas, than it typically would be because there's only three good teams in the East, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Philly. Whoever gets the number one seed ultimately probably going to be able to play Atlanta or Miami in the second round of the playoffs, have a much, much easier path. And with that big game looming for Philly, I think that they won't be 100% tonight. I'm on Dallas plus the four. What are the Eastern Conference odds right now as far as who is the favorite to win the East? I'm assuming, obviously, it's going to be Brooklyn because last checked, Brooklyn was the favorite to win the NBA title. But what are the odds just to get out of the Eastern Conference right now for Brooklyn? Yeah, so the Nets currently minus 105, so right about a 50% chance that Brooklyn gets it. And then you drop down Milwaukee 3-1. to This surprises me. Philly plus 450, the number three choice. After Philly, you drop way down. Nobody else is even 10-1 to in the East. So are you surprised that Brooklyn's even money? Like it's basically an even money bet at this point. I, wouldn't it, based on how how much talent they've got, is this all because there's some hesitation to trust Brooklyn? Because let's be honest here. Look, the Kevin Durant a little nicked up. We're we're not we haven't seen a full workload from him since since coming back from from the Achilles injury because he ran into to some stuff this season. James Harden's a little bit banged up. 
And Kyrie Irving's a wild card, literally. Like we don't know whether he's going to to, to show up one game or, or whether he's gonna. There's some sort of an issue going on or whatnot. So is there hesitation with all that involved? And that's why we're still seeing that Brooklyn's an even money pick to win the Eastern Conference. I think the betters have bought into Brooklyn. The mere fact that they have been playing either with KD or Harden, not both of them, and they still are tied for first in the East in terms of best record. The feeling is that these players are just going to continue to gel, and the new players they're bringing on are only going to continue to integrate, and that by the end of the year, that Brooklyn will be the clear-cut best team in the East by margin. So this line's only going to get worse for you. If you if you like Brooklyn, you got to get in now. Oh, I think so. And we've already seen that, frankly. Kudos to RJ. Gave you out Brooklyn 4-1 to one to win the NBA title. I know current odds are down to around plus 250. And Mackenzie, I believe you've got Brooklyn at 2-1 to one to win the East. Am I correct? That's right. One to win 3K. I made a big bet on it. I really believe in it. I think the Nets should be minus 200 to win the East. That's what I think should be. I, I love the way McKenzie says one to win 3K. He's counting. He's He bet plus 200, right. so he's getting his 1,000 right. back, and he's counting that <laughs> yes. as part of the three to one. Right. That, that, was, that was my favorite thing, I, and I noticed it for the first bet I ever made at a sports book in Vegas. I think it was on like, it might have been an NFL game, or I forget what specific game it was, but I remember it was just a $20 bet. And I, I think I was half, first of all, I was half in the bag. Um, and then secondly, I didn't understand the financial back and forth that you had with the sport, with the sports book. So I remember I gave him 20 bucks. I ended up winning the bet. And all of a sudden they gave me back like 39.50 or whatever it was. And I thought to myself, well, how'd that happen? And I didn't factor in <laughs> the idea of, no, you get back the original 20. It's not like you're paying a $20 fee to be able to, to bet here. It's not Costco. You're not paying for a membership. And then all of a sudden you're allowed to shop here. So, yeah, good point by McKenzie. You're going to get back your 3K. So good for him. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 